Do you want to hear the greatest story? Yeah, I do. Oh my god, Bon Jovi sound checking. We got to see this. But then we hear um, the guy whistling into a microphone. Yeah, it was John, and he goes, "The kids can stay." We're like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> nice. Thanks, thanks, Johnny. It was a small theatre, and we went upstairs, and there was a photo of Dire Straits, who mm. did their very first rock blast there in 1982, oh, wow. which was just so cool. Yeah. So these bikies got in touch with us, give us 500 bucks so you don't get your singer back. <laughs> Holy shit. Welcome everyone, you are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. This is an interview style podcast where I talk with musicians, performers and sometimes wrestlers. I am your host, the Sizz Dog. Thanks for joining me. The big gig at the Corner Hotel. It's all done. It's finished. Over. All that hard work paid off, Art of Touring listeners. It was an absolutely amazing night. If you were there, thank you so much for coming. Whether you were a performer on the night, whether you were a punter on the night, whether you were both, thank you so much. Um, It was awesome. It was awesome. I kind of put all my eggs in one basket this year um, with that gig. Um, Obviously, I've been doing the pod, you know, every week. But as far as live music goes, I've been doing the acoustic covers thing to bring the coin in. But, um, you know, for one big show in August, um, I thought, you know what, let's let's go back to the well. Let's go back to uh, Pearl Jam and see if uh, the people of Melbourne would want to come and see... uh, Vitalogy played in its entirety and apparently 300 people did want to see that so that was awesome I was um I was really worried that it wouldn't be enough people because it said like um on the the worksheet for the corner that it holds like 750 people sold out um but we had 300 and any more than that you wouldn't have been able to get to the bar like it would have been way too busy so um, the amount of people in there, man, it was good. I think they they were happy. We were happy. It was wild. Millionaires Club opened up um, the night, and they were awesome. Um, there was a point where they finished up, and we were backstage, and um, the boys were joking, you know, backstage. Oh, there was this guy, you know, he, he had no hair, and he was just rocking out. He loved every minute of it. I'm like. A bald guy rocking out. Who could that be? I'm like, Strano! That was my mate Strano. I showed him the photo of my mate and they're like, yeah, that guy, you know. So, uh, yeah, Strano was uh, was enjoying the Millionaire's Club with all the wrestling theme songs. Um, after that, we heard from Delacomia, Delacoma, rather, and they pulled out an Electric Mary cover. I heard them doing it um, for the sound check and I was like, are they... Are they just sound checking with this? No way they're going to perform Mary, you know, um, for the gig. And and once they'd finished sound check, I'm like, are you doing that tonight? And they're like, yeah, we are, Dave. I was like, awesome. (laughs) Can't wait to hear that one played live. And then even I think I got a a text from my wife while they were playing playing, uh, uh, the Electric Mary cover. I think it was Let Me Out. And she's like, are they doing Mary? And I texted her straight back, yep. They're doing Mary. So, um, yeah, they they put on a great show. And then the main act, the Pearl Jam tribute to Vitalogy. Man, I'd organized video screens, separate video files to be played um, uh, in during every song. Um, I brought the two Shaq posters. Um, I know, I think they actually had Magic Johnson on stage, but I don't have a cutout of Magic Johnson. I've got two big shacks, so I'm like, well, that'll work. I brought the bat wings out that I got made when I was in the Pearl Jam tribute band in my early to mid 
um, 20s. So that always comes back whenever we do the Pearl Jam shows. Um, and we did the album from start to finish. And I think the highlight for me was probably Bugs. I was the most worried about that one. Um, so I think I overcompensated and, and practiced it a lot. Um, but the crowd really got behind me. Um, the sound guys and the lighting guys all helped put on a bit of atmosphere for, for that particular song as well. Um, and it was awesome. It was great. It was, it was just awesome. Just playing such a weird song. Um, to a crowd of people. And I think they were kind of chuffed that we bothered to really learn everything we possibly could for that album. The only one we didn't do was the last song, Hey Foxy, Mop Handle, Mama, That's Me. And that one is really just an experimental jam with some, you know, uh, vocal recordings of apparently a, a, an actual insane asylum um, uh, of like the inmates or something talking about crazy stuff. And uh, we thought, well, you know what, we'll just play that experimental thing as a as a break. And then we came back on and did some classic Pearl Jam tunes. Um, I think the best received one was uh, Daughter, because we did a bit of, um, you know, call and response. Hey, yeah, hey. And everyone goes, yeah, yeah, hey, you know, back at back at me, which was rad. That w- That's always a lot of fun when you can do a bit of call and response with the audience. I, I think they got a bit of a kick out of that, as did I. And... Um, and then I had a bit of an ill-fated idea because Delacoma come, came back on at the end of the night to take vocal duties on some of the songs. We did Rockin' in the Free World. I was like, okay, Del, we're going to jump into the audience at the same time. Dual um, vocals and dual crowd surfing. There's some really great photos, um, which I'll share eventually of me and Del. And there's one where we're both afloat on the, you know, um, the, the corner punters. And then there's the very next photo. You can see my feet and my head is just... <laughs> Diving straight to the ground. I didn't hit my head or anything. The guys caught me. Um, but, you know, Dell uh, did a bit of a tumble as well. But um, we got there, man. You know, we, 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 we got back up onto stage all in one piece. So thank you, Corner Hotel, for not letting us fall and break something. Because that would have ended the night on a pretty bad note. Hey, listen, let me tell you who I caught up with. This week on the Art of Touring podcast, I caught up with Laura Davidson. She's a singer, and uh, Laura and I had a great old chat. Um, We hear the story of how Laura decided to move to Ireland because some Irish backpackers said she'd do great in Ireland. So off she went with her uh, acoustic duo partner without any contacts and hoped for the best. So to find out what happened, you'll have to keep on listening. Keep that dial right here on the Art of Touring podcast. Art of Touring is brought to you every single week on a Friday. You can listen to Art of Touring on iTunes or on Google Podcasts or on Spotify. And remember, Art of Touring is part of the A Lot of Green Podcast Network, where you can check out all their other awesome podcasts on their network at www.alotofgreen.com.au. Guys, tell friends about this podcast, subscribe to this podcast, leave reviews for this podcast, um, get a white t-shirt out of the cupboard, write Art of Touring podcast on it and wear it to a pub and people will be like, what's the Art of Touring podcast? And then you can chew their ear off all night saying, it's the best damn podcast in town, baby. Says Dog lays it down every Friday for you for free. So check out the Art of Touring podcast. Uh, there is some coarse language. La- language. <laughs> there is some coarse language in this week's episode. So if you are listening with kids, it might be a good idea to throw on Dougie. And then once they're dropped off at their softball game down at the local diamond there, you can put Art of Touring back on. Now let's take a moment to hear from this week's sponsor. 
Episode 72 of The Art of Touring is brought to you this week by The Suck Cut. Have you ever wanted to combine the art of vacuuming and haircutting? Well, now you can with The Suck Cut. Order now and you'll get everything described on the box. It sucks, it cuts, it does everything you want it to do. Because guess what? It's The Suck Cut! Okay, now is the time for Wayne's World Totally Amazing Excellent Discoveries. Our guest is Ron Paxton. Welcome to Wayne's World, Ron. Thanks, Wayne. Now, you're the inventor of the suck cut, right? What exactly is a suck cut? The suck cut is a revolution in home haircutting. <laughs> wow, what a totally amazing, excellent discovery. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ron... The question that's on everybody's mind is, how does it work? I'm fully prepared to give a complete demonstration. Okay, okay, Garth, just sit there and he's going to put that thing on your melon, okay? Just, just a trim, don't buzz me, all right? <laughs> so tell me, Ron, exactly how does the suck cut work? Well, as you can see, it sucks as it cuts. <laughs> it certainly does suck. Just so you know, Art of Turing is hosted by Wooshka. If you want to listen to uh, listen to the Art of Turing on your desktop, all you got to do is Google Art of Turing and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. So if you're listening to this in your car and you're like, man, I want to listen a little bit of this when I get to work, you can Google it and then just pick up where you left off. How good's that? Hey, now, before we hear my interview with Laura, I'd like to share with you a little bit of a preview of her voice. Here's a cover of uh, Come Said the Boy. Check it out. There you go. There's just a taste of Laura's dulcet tones. Now let's uh, have a listen to my conversation with her, and I'll catch you soon, straight after the conversation, for some concluding comments. Here it is. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. I'm sitting here back in Epping. Um, I'm a little bit more well-rested after the enormous gig uh, on the weekend. Um, back in the Siriani studios and sitting across from me is singer Laura Davidson. How are you, Laura? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I yeah. always forget how big Epping is. 
Yeah. It's a huge suburb. It is. It's getting, it's, well, yeah, it is pretty big. It's massive, especially when you take a couple of wrong turns. It's really big. <laughs> so I'm a bit, yeah. bit late, as always. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, now I, um, I remember coming out to Epping before I lived here to go to TGI Fridays. Right. it was the only one in, like, uh, you know, drivable distance other than the city. Okay. You know, that had TGIs. Sure. And then eventually when we moved out here, I think we, we were living here for at least a month until it finally dawned on us, <gasps> TGIs is around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get there immediately. Is it still there? It's still there. I haven't been to TGI Fridays since I was probably, I don't know, 19 or something. There you go. That's a while ago. For yeah. Your, yeah. No, we, um, we, we, I'm pretty sure by the time um, I'm done on this planet, there'll be a placard at the Epping TGI Fridays <laughs> oh, <really>? in memoriam. <laughs> so, is it any good or a, a is it just a- named after me, I'm sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just love all things Americana. Okay, so, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, love the food, love the culture, okay, all cool. that stuff. So, that's like, um, yeah, that's the, and, and my wife's into all that stuff too. So, okay. there you go. I'll have to revisit. Yeah, it's great. Great food, great yeah. vibe. Yeah, it's not as wacky as it used to be. It used to be sure. a lot more wacky. But if you do go there um, on your birthday, they'll sing you a great birthday song. As they should. Yeah, yeah. Um, there you go. The birthday song or a birthday song? A birthday song that's oh. unique to TGI Fridays. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. I don't know what I've been told. Yeah, right. I'm pretty Laura sure they didn't. Here is I'm pretty sure old. they didn't actually write that. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, there you go. But um, yeah, maybe it's a American it's like, tradition. Is it like or an something. old war march thing or some sort of boot camp? It is kind of modelled on that, yeah. yeah, but they've got a few little different lyrics in there I and hope stuff. so. Yeah, <laughs> it's cute. Yeah. There you go. So, um, yeah, Laura, where, uh, where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up on the mid-north coast of New South Wales uh, at a couple of different different places that no one's usually heard of. Okay. Um, my, I was actually born in Frankston, which will answer a lot of questions for people that know me but didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And yep. then my parents bought a farm when I was 18 months old. So we grew up up there in a place called Nabiak, mm-hmm. which now has a, quite a big Amish settlement, I've oh. told, which is interesting. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, we lived, I spent the rest of my school years in a place called Wingham, which is a town of like 5,000 Caucasians with, you know, a Chinese family that had the Chinese restaurant and <laughs> a, an Aboriginal mission on the outskirts of the town. So, so a real country town vibe. Real country. Yeah. Two pubs. One RSL. Wow. Yep. And uh, did you come from a musical family, Laura? My dad could sing. Um, Mum, sorry, not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really. Not really. But my brothers were, I've got two big brothers and they were right into music and so a lot of their influences trickled down because I wanted to be cool like them. But right. I just always loved to sing. Yeah, right. Always loved to sing and dance and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think huh. my dad's still got tapes somewhere of me singing Botany Bay and other songs <laughs> from the ABC songbook. Like a cassette got- tape? Yeah. 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 I think he's still got them somewhere. Oh, most sure. definitely he does, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure my mum's hiding those kind of things as well to, to bring out at the 40th or Yeah, 40th I hope or so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I grew up in a place where being a musician was never going to be an option. Yeah, right. So, it was like farm life kind of style. Yeah, yeah. We had a hobby farm when my parents were still together in Nabiak and then after that we moved to Wingham and we didn't have a farm there, but it was very much rural. There's a big beef industry there and yeah, um, yeah, dairy and things like that. Everyone thinks it's the place where chickens are processed, but that's Ingham. I have no idea where the Ingham is, oh, but it's not Wingham. It's not Wingham. Nah, different. 
It sounds similar. Yeah, well, it's Except very close. has got clo- a W on the <laughs> the front w of it. The W jumped off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was nothing, like I sang in school and stuff, but there was no opportunity. Yeah, right. To be a musician. And I never intended to be a musician. No, okay. Yeah. That, w- that was something that kind of came after. Yeah, yeah. I, I basically left uh, the day after high school finished. I jumped in a car with one of my girlfriends and we drove to Sydney. Yeah. And partied there for a couple of weeks. And I, I was sort of toying with the idea of living there, but my um, I, don't th- I just don't think my liver could have handled it. Yeah, right. So I, I continued to Melbourne and um, to study hospitality management. Oh, so right. it was always going to be my thing. I was probably going to own a cafe or a restaurant or something like that. I was, I'd had a lot of hospitality jobs huh. through high school or free, a few. And, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I always just wanted to do my own thing. And then I was living in a share house in Mooney Ponds and uh, I'd had a few red wines and was singing in the shower. And my housemate, when I got out, she was said, oh, was that you? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, you, you can sing. That's bizarre. <laughs> and uh, she said, you should go have some lessons or, you know, like audition for a band or something. And I was like, no way. That would just, that's not even a, a thing. So I did. I went and had some lessons and, yeah. and the teacher was like, yeah, you could probably sing in a band. Um, yeah. So I auditioned for, she said, maybe audition for a performance course or do something, a bit of networking because I just didn't know anyone yeah. down here. And How old were you at this point? I was 18. Oh, okay. So, straight out of high school. Straight out of high school. Yeah. And I did, did the hospitality management thing for a while. At the same time. Yeah. But yeah. then, so I did that for about a year or so and got bored. But um, And so, did you do any music like in high school? Like, did you sing in any uh, of the bands in high school or anything like that? A little bit, but we had a really quite, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? There was um, no music program at the, the school? Virtually. Right. I don't want to say that because if the music teachers ever hears this, that, that'll be quite <laughs> offensive, but it was pretty minimal kind of program. Right. Okay. Like our music teacher couldn't hold a tune. Right. Sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it was just never. So there's no ensembles. There's no like jazz band or, you no, know. No, oh, there was, there was the music, there was the music class band and stuff, but none of it, it just wasn't very good. And like I said, it was never an option. I never thought it was an option, so I didn't. I didn't do music in year 12 or anything. Ah, okay. So, I had done it and I'd done a few performances and stuff, but... But it was more just like a hobby that you did like at home. Oh, for sure. I just loved it. Like, I was yeah, a, I was right. obsessed with music. See, that's always really interesting to me as a music educator. <sighs> yeah, Because right. um, sometimes we'll put on like little talent shows at school or whatever. Yeah. And then there's the girl out on the soccer pitch. She comes in and just blows Everyone the house away. down away. Yeah. And like... What are you doing? Yeah. Come and join one of the bands. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, I don't, that, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And you're like, dude, you're so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's quite, yeah. it's quite funny how. Yeah. How and we- sometimes, yeah, I mean, it may not just connect with that person at that time. And obviously, it kind of took you a little bit longer, um, as it does a, a lot of musicians, to um, kind of go, oh, actually, no, I do kind of want to do this. Well, I, I would have loved it had I thought it was an option. Right. But I j- it just What made never- you think it wasn't an option? Was an option? I just didn't think that was I was good enough. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, this was in the shower the first time someone said, you can sing, Laura. Yeah. But before that, it was like, oh, well, whatever. She was, yeah, it was just at high school. and Yeah, right. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Yeah. Huh. So, alcohol was the key, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and then I auditioned for the music performance course where you were a year ahead of me. Yeah, yeah. At, so, at, um, NMIT in, in Greensboro. Greensboro. Yeah, I auditioned for, for Collingwood because it was Collingwood back then. Yes. And I actually didn't get in and I was 
gutted and I hated my job at the time. And mm. I was like, oh, just so disappointed. And then I got a call from Andrew Gannon. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, we've got a place at, at Greensboro if you want it. And I was like, oh, cool. Where's that? <laughs> and um, not being from Melbourne. And, and so yeah. I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. I didn't know it was going to take me two hours each way to get there on yeah. public transport. Because where were you living at the time? Uh, Footscray, oh, Western goodness. suburbs. Yeah. So yeah. it was a bus into the city and then a train out to Greensboro and then a walk up that massive hill. Yeah. No, because so. when I first started going there, I wasn't driving either. And I was only living a 20-minute drive away. Right. But to get there by public transport would take me over an hour. Yeah, not cool. Yeah, it was a it was a, a walk down to the milk bar. Yeah. A bus from the milk bar <laughs> to the train station and then the train to Greensy and then a bus up the hill. Oh, you caught the bus up there. See, I just walked. I, I, was, an idi- I was an idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back when I was health conscious. Yeah, right. So, Fantastic. Yeah, and that's just – that's where I did all my – well, that's where the networking and training and everything began. like that. Yeah, yeah. I'd done I'd done some singing lessons in high school, but it was with like a full operatic singer, and okay. that was never my bag. Yeah, right. Uh, and you know, I think the lesson cost seven dollars or something, so it wasn't like a serious, yeah. serious thing. But yeah, even going into that the performance course, like I was shy, mm. seriously shy, and I was teamed up with singer called Pearly Black for our small group performances and she'd been in the industry for years. Right. And wanted to have the piece of paper to go with everything she's kind of doing. And she's gone on to do some pretty great stuff and I think she went to the conservatory and Okay. And to keep studying music. But uh, yeah, there was so many different backstories and I was I think I was definitely the least experienced mm-hmm. and the least confident. Yeah, right. And how did you find the course? Did you enjoy it? Unreal. Loved you, it. You loved it? Yeah, I loved it. Oh, good. I got so much out of it because I was such a blank canvas. Sure. And uh, yeah, very, you know, ready to be molded kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not that I did that, but I really found my feet and I, re- I realized straight away that I loved jazz. Right, right. And I was actually quite good at it. And yeah, that's, nice. that's the thing I prefer doing and I just don't get to do it that much now. Ah. So, got to pay the bills. But, See, um, I had the exact opposite experience at MIT because I came from like a rock background. Right. And even though it has, it's a, the course was called jazz slash popular. It may have sh- as well have just been called jazz sure, slash, okay. slash 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 popular. Yeah, right. It was right. literally like the end, the last thing on the, the assessors' minds when okay. it came to the singers. You yeah, know? right. See, I did I did a lot of pop stuff, mm. but I, I it made me realise that I loved jazz. Yeah, yeah. So because I thought I, I was thought I was a bit rockier, but. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. It's great to hear a singer say that they had a, a positive experience. Oh, I loved it. At the course, but yeah. But I mean, I had nothing else going on. Mm. So, I really did. I like, I had no other doors mm. for music. Oh, look, I'm painting a bit of a bleak picture. I really enjoyed it no. as well. Yeah. But um, it was more the networking that I really enjoyed and getting to oh, know the other sure. students and everything and, yeah, all that kind of thing. Um, uh the piece of paper, I guess. Oh, it didn't mean a thing. For didn't me. really mean a thing. <laughs> no, it didn't yeah, mean a thing but for I me. really wanted to get it because I actually failed a couple of the subjects, right? And had to go back and you know, like two days a week and finish theory and keyboard studies or whatever. Is that? Did you fail on purpose so you could just keep getting new start allowances? No, no, no. no. <laughs> a couple of people that did that. No, I've never had any of those. Like, wow, kind that of, would never have occurred to me. No, no, I, I had a job, so I never really sure. had any of that stuff. Yeah, I was no, it was a lot more stupider than that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was just too busy because my girlfriend at the time lived across the street from the TAFE. Awesome. So I was just going over there all the time instead of going to school. Oh, I thought you meant you were staying there to 
get easy access to the tape. No, I wasn't even – I was living there or anything. Oh, no, no. So yeah, instead right. of going to school, I'd end up there, you know, when I should have been at theory course, yeah. classes or keyboard studies oh, classes. Oh, keyboard studies. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's that was um, – but then at the end of it, I was like, no, i got to finish this stupid thing. Yeah. You know, and so then – yeah, eventually got it. But you, you know, like most people, I think a few people, you know, had to go back and do a class here and there. So it wasn't, I wasn't the only one. But um, you finished it in the two years. Yes, yeah. I did. Yep, I had, a, I had glandular fever at some point during that course, and I remember not being present for quite a long time. Mm. I was really, really sick and a long recovery. But I, and I, the teachers were so helpful. So. I don't know whether it's just because I was, you know, a bit respectful and a bit on the quieter side at the start of the course that they kind of just took pity on me and sure. help, helped me through a bit. Yeah. But I think they could see that I would have gotten it eventually. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty grateful for that. But yeah, I did, I did pass and then went on to the next thing at RMIT, which did ah. absolutely nothing. Yeah, right. But yeah. That was just the one-year course, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was the music industry Music industry. Bachelor of Arts in Music Industry. Yeah, I and did that I, I as well. I pretty much just spent my days at the pub on the corner downstairs. The Druids or whatever it was? I don't know. I think, <laughs> oh no, that was the cafe, but there was the pub on the corner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just near Swanson Street there. Yeah, they liked my business. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was quite the drinker by that stage in my yeah, life. Right. So yeah, I didn't go, I don't know how I passed, but I did. Yeah, you got through it. Yeah, high yeah. distinction. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I don't means remember. Nothing. I don't remember what <laughs> marks I got. No, it means absolutely nothing. <laughs> I didn't I ended up I ended up going overseas for a couple of years after that, so I was Yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't use So you did the tape course and then yeah, got your, your degree. Um and then you went overseas. Where did you go overseas? I lived in Ireland for two years. Yeah. I'd been playing by the in the course I met a guy called Dale Seeger who is still a good mate today. There's yeah. like twenty years on almost. Mm-hmm. And uh we formed a duo during the first year of the TAFE course. Yes. And we played at a backpackers in Spencer Street called Bevan Mix mm. or McMahon's. And uh, we met a great bunch of Irish um, backpackers. And every week they were like, okay, this is the last week. This week we're going travelling after this. And then the next, they'd be like, oh, feck it, we'll stay one more. So they'd be there waiting for us the next Thursday. And they were like, you guys have got to go over to Dublin. You'll kill it. Right. So we got our mate to record us a demo, which is pretty appalling. Sure. Um, I had a, a vocal polyp by that stage, so I mm. had a mega husky thing going on. What's a vocal polyp? It's like a callus on your vocal cords. Really? So it's like nodules, but ah, yeah. So did it just go away? Or did no, you have to I had get su- I had surgery. Beca- surgery because on I'd, your voice. I'd booked the trip, <gasps> so I was like, they said you can either have a rest and see how you go, might yeah. not do anything. Yeah. I did some treatment and stuff and it just didn't, it helped, but it didn't, it was pro- it was just too far gone by that stage. So I had laser surgery to remove it. Holy which pretty, moly. Yeah, it was pretty scary. How long was the recovery? Uh, I think I had a week of not talking after it. Okay. And then a month of not singing. I don't know, it's a long time ago. And so you could feel when you swallowed there was something wrong in your throat. I always had a lot of tension. You can't actually – the polyp itself was tiny and your vocal cords are tiny. Mm-hmm. But you just heard it in my voice and I was always like, oh, down like that. And then I'd really – I'd struggle to get through a gig. Oh. So if I could make it through – and that's back in the days when we had smoking in pubs and, you know, doing five acoustic sets and no fallback and – Oh, man. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I understand now, Laura, yeah. So I had the surgery, went overseas, armed with this crappy demo CD yeah. and a sleeping bag. <laughs> And my passport, and we're rocking up to all these pubs, and they're like, "Can I? 
how are we for swear words? Just for future references. You can fucking say whatever the I'll, fuck you I'll want. Just, I'll just, I just realised I nearly <laughs> swore and I was like, oh, I should check that. I actually, I'll try not to. I have a uh, disclaimer at the start of every show. Oh, that's that probably says, a wise. It's a musician's thing. Exactly, to, yeah. You know, there is swearing at this, at, you know, throughout this podcast. So if you are listening mops. with kids, yeah. yeah, you know, put on, you know, ABC for kids and then once they're at their daycare, put Art of Turing back on and it's in the vernacular so much I put it in there whether they're swearing or not because right. I don't listen back to the whole interview okay you know I, I listen back to the little parts I need to you know remember to you know talk about it um, in the intros and the outros so um, there's uh, there's probably at least half of the episodes where there's no swearing at all but I okay. still say they're just, swearing just yeah. in case so yeah what were you going to say well we went over to Dublin Dale and I with our, our demo and mm. we just thought we'd walk in and you know clean up and they were like who the fuck do you think you are (laughs) (laughs) okay this is not what we planned and i personally because the the dollar was worth so little against the euro at the time Ah. i didn't take any money because i was just like oh we'll just get there and get some gigs because i don't want to be want it to be halved once i get there sure and um so i was like oh okay we, yeah, we kind of need to do something about this then. And mm. this, I think this particular barman felt quite sorry that we'd been spoken to quite harshly by another, his manager. And mm. he, he called me over and he was like, see that poster there? There's a number of an agent on the bottom. Ah. Give him a call. His name's Steve and tell him, you know, I said to give you a call. Yeah. We called this guy and we set up a meeting. And he went and he goes, so you guys have just rocked up here, you know, expecting to get work. And they're like, yep. And he was like, "Oh, fair play to you," and booked us like five nights through the summer Aww. around Dublin, and we, like a different pub, it's yeah, a different, five nights. different pub. So we played at some really big pubs over there. Wow, yeah, that is so lucky. I know <laughs> that could have ended so badly, <laughs> so badly. I'd already, I'd already organised a pub job by that stage, like in yeah, the, just as backup and stuff. But I, I had to quit. So yeah, um, so we ended up having a great experience, and they're they're so appreciative over there of music. Yeah, it's, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, and some rather large nights afterwards, yeah. you know, with lock-ins and and stuff, you know, befriending the bouncers and oh, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So fair bit of drinking went on in those couple of years. It doesn't sound right in Ireland. They don't no, really like their drink, do they? No. Well, I'm half Irish, and my All uh, right. yeah, my uh, my mum's uh, from Belfast, and and my wife and I went over there um, before we had kids, and um, oh, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, my granddad's from Bangor, so, cool. so I have an Irish passport. Yeah, right. Which is was well handy. Yeah, but um, it's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah and I'd love to go back. I'd love to take the kids um, one day and and show them. It's just stuff. yeah. If only you didn't have to travel on a plane with children, it'd be so much more fun. Well, once they're older, because I mean they're five and a half now, and even if we took them overseas or even interstate, they wouldn't remember it anyway. Sure. So we just we just take them little trips yeah, here that, and there. Yeah, fair enough. Well, just you know, so we're not going crazy. But once they're like ten, yes, I reckon. Okay. Um, then we'll we'll travel the world with them, and and every every school holidays we'll go somewhere. Most yeah, definitely. mine just doesn't stop talking. So I don't hmm. know if I could handle a long haul flight, but yeah, maybe when he's older and hates me and doesn't want to speak to me, then it'll be fine. Be totally fine. <laughs> 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 He'll just be sitting there with his headphones in. Let me alone, mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch Netflix oh, on my iPad. Oh, he already says that now, but he, oh, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit of a meanie with the screen. No, you got to be, man. You know, yeah. they just. They, <sighs> Look, I mean, I know it's you feel like a hypocrite because growing up, you know, in the eighties, as soon as a video, any video game out came out, we we had it, you know, and we yeah, were smashing right. it. But 
But I don't, I don't know. Like, see, I grew up on a farm. We different. weren't, we weren't even allowed to watch Home and Away because someone said bitch in it once. So my dad was really? like, "All right, no more." We didn't have a telephone. Ah, yeah. Wow. Hardcore. Yes. Quite isolated. No phone. No home and away. Well, I think you're fine with no home and away. Yeah, well, at the time it seemed like the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to know what was going on with Bobby and Frank. You go to school, did you see home and away? No. No. I didn't see it. What happened? Yeah. yeah. Well, we only had two channels up there in the country. So anyway, yeah. You know, slim pickings. Yeah. But, um, and I uh, like how um, Channel 9 wasn't called 9, it was called Win. We didn't have that. You didn't have Win? We had ABC and Prime. Prime, so that's seven, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Because I remember when we just go down to um, my my grandparents' house, it's only two hours away, for some reason, in one faggy, it was called Win. Yeah, right. <laughs> Instead of Channel 9. And so yeah. the news was like a regional news. You wouldn't get the Melbourne oh, news. You'd so be yeah, like, oh, this I'm, weekend I'm opposite, at the Opposites South- to you. Yeah, right. Yeah. There you go. Um, so you're in Ireland and you get booked five nights a, a week at different pubs and um, you're just running amok. Pretty much. And that certainly would have given you um, some, uh, you know, you would have been gig hardy by that point. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I mean, I'd do it by the end of the TAFE course in 2003, I was doing quite a bit of pub work mm-hmm. and stuff. I was in a cover band by then and yeah. doing the duo thing. But yeah, and playing around there. And it's sort of, but we moved out west. Uh, at some point in that trip to Ireland. Right. Thinking, because it was a very arty place, we moved to Galway. Yeah. And we thought we'd smash it there like we did in Dublin, and but it actually turned out they were quite clicky and it was a very local kind of scene. Ah, So bummer. that kind of, yeah, fell apart. And then Dale, who I'd been working with, came home to Australia. So I just, yeah, worked out the rest of my time there in a medical factory. A medical factory? Yeah, ma- th- making... Um, Stents for heart operations. Whoa. Yeah. Random. That's really crazy. Quite well paid. And I made some beautiful friends there and still friends with them to this day. Wow. But yeah, really boring, repetitive production line kind production of work. Production line work. Wow. Yeah, intense. That's wild. Man. It was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like I said, the people there were great. So it was totally worth it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then came back to Melbourne. Yep. After that. Yeah. I sort of picked up. And you've been here ever since? Yeah, I've been here ever since. I just sort of went back into the duo thing for a while, mm-hmm. um, a couple of years. And then in 08, uh, a girl I knew called me and said, would you be interested in uh, auditioning for Bjorn again? Oh, Bjorn again. Yeah. Yeah. She'd, she'd committed to a tour and re- then realised she was still going to be away at the time. So I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll have a crack. Sure. I, didn't, I didn't realise how big they were, so which was a good thing because I didn't really get nervous yeah and then uh so that was end of 08 went on tour with them to south africa yes and so yeah that was my first touring experience which was pretty great but but did raise the bar a bit because i realized after that that not all bands tour so luxuriously and uh yeah yeah like beyond again is out of control yeah how long were you in beyond again for uh i still do some shows with them wow yeah i was sort of like their like the it was it was quite busy back then for two lineups to be out and about. Really? Well, yeah, or one of them doing the overseas stuff. So I was doing mm-hmm. a lot of different overseas stuff with them at the time. Went to Johannesburg for a month and did a theatre show there. So I, th- yeah. I think we did thirty-one shows in twenty-eight days or something. Oh man! Yeah, that's crazy. It was pretty crazy and a crazy <sighs> experience in general. Like Johannesburg's quite different to Wingham. 
Joe Berg. Was it Joe Berg? Yeah. Joe Berg. Joe Berg, yeah. Or S- Josie to the locals. Sethifrika. Yeah, it was a real eye-opener, but some of the most – some of the pretty scary stuff, but also some of the most beautiful people I have ever met. Dude, 100%. Yeah. I remember we met some South Africans um, when we were on our honeymoon. Oh, right. Because we went to our honeymoon in Mauritius. Oh, cool. And Mauritius is like uh, – like, that's where South Africans go on holiday. It's right. so close. And we met this dude and his his missus. He had like this dint in his forehead. Okay. And we were and he's just big, like built like a brick shit house. Yeah. And we're out on a boat, like, you know, doing some fishing, you know, thing or whatever. And we're, I just said to him, Hey mate, how did you get that dint in your head? Because <laughs> we'd had a few tricks. Yeah, right. I knew he was from South Africa. Okay. He's like that was a ricochet of a bullet. Yeah. I said, what? Yeah. Goes, yeah, man, I'm a bouncer in Johannesburg. and yeah. Some of the stories we like, were told. Dude. I thought I was hardcore. Different world, man. Yeah. Different world. And so how long were you in Johannesburg for? Uh, just over a month. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we just did With one. With Bjorn again. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was so Jeez. much fun. I've never laughed so much in my life. And so- Tell us a little bit about the logistics of putting on a show in Johannesburg. Like, you were at a hotel. Would you have to be, like, escorted? Yes. We stayed in service departments. I think it was a good 40 minutes from the theatre. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was quite a – it was considered quite a safe part of Johannesburg. But you had, so like, armed guards with you? We – the oh, most places are armed. So, there, yes. were, there was a guard downstairs at the front. And then we had a driver who drove us to and from – the gigs. Every day, yet? Yeah. No stopping at red lights, just straight through. Really? Yeah, because of carjackings. No shit. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, and then there'd be a SWAT team there waiting when we got there. Not for us, but there was a SWAT team because there was a casino attached and, yeah, it was pretty hardcore. Wow. Was yeah. there any, like, really hairy moments where you thought something could actually happen here? There were a cu- I didn't. No, not not for me personally, but a couple of the others like went off for a walk one day. Yes, and um, yeah, like this, a car pulled over and said they were police and stuff, and like wanted to see their IDs. Sure, and yeah, it, yeah, it almost got a bit hairy from what I was told. But I was, yeah, I was back doing yoga in my room or something, <laughs> something like that. Lucky you. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so I've been lucky enough to see quite a few countries with Bjorn again, which is yeah. a ni- nice way of sussing out where I'd like to go if I ever get a holiday. Most definitely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So from there it kind of things started to kind of branch out and I started to get more and more different offers. Yes. Uh of gigs and stuff. So I sort of left the pub duo scene behind and started picking up more specialty kind of shows and tributes and mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so that opened a lot of doors for you. Yeah, it did. I mean, it's all, you know what it's like when you meet a new band, you sort of make a new network and then yes. that branches out again from there. And it's still and happening today, 20, 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. You know, you think you know everyone in Melbourne and then you There's meet so one, people, one person and then it sort of opens up another yeah. bunch of musos. And that's what I've kind of found by doing this pod, which I didn't think, you know, I just kind of had this hairbrand idea. Oh, I want to do a podcast because I love the medium. I just okay. listen to yeah. podcasts all the time. Yeah, right. And I thought, oh, what could I do? I'm a muso. I could talk to other musos. Yeah. You know, 72 episodes later. Great. I've, you know, interviewed um, people that I have met many times or I've never met before. Okay. And it's just been a really rewarding experience and, and getting to know like, you know, oh, this person knows that person. Oh, you're in that band and this band. Like, just- yeah, like last week with us at the 
Yeah, it's a rehearsal space. Yeah, I kept going to call it the Dane Studios, but it's Dane the, the Wick. Yeah, the Wick now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's a bit nicer. It's a lot it nicer than it used to be, yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, so I saw Brett Wolford and, well, he saw me, actually. And ironically, I was setting up for a podcast. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, because I was interviewing the drummer um, in the band um, before the rest of the boys came in to rehearse. Sure. Um, and, yeah, and, and he, he spotted me there and, and he said, oh, you should interview Laura. And then um, and then we we're like, hang on a minute. We yeah, know I was like, hey, I know you. I know you, I went Laura. to TAFE with you nearly 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. So, so a small world. Yeah. Well, Brett, funnily enough. How I'm, do you know Brett? I met him after Bjorn again, uh, around, actually around the same time as Bjorn again, I, was, I received a phone call from a friend saying, do you reckon you could fill in for an ACDC tribute show? Mm. I was like, yeah, yeah, all right. I'll, yep. do, I'll do that. So... Looked at, we did all Bon Scott era stuff, and I filled in. The, they had this show booked at the ESPY, and they, the guy didn't even really have a band, to be honest. Right. He just wanted. He got the offered this slot, and he's he's all about the sizzle and not the steak. And he was like, <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, totally, I can do that. Really? Yeah. Twelve <laughs> years later, we're still in this band. It's now. It was then called Power Age, but we changed it to ACDC. ACDC. And, yeah. And that kind of took off. And then at one of those shows, Bob Starkey from the Skyhooks was there with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Who I knew, I didn't know him, mm. uh, and he was like, "Oh, yeah, girl singing. That, that works. Sure, got my number and gave me a call one day and just left this voicemail and I was like, oh, "Who's this? It's one of my mates taking the piss. Sure, yeah. So I ring back and I'm like, "Who is this?" He goes, "No, it's Bob Starkey from the Skyhooks." <gasps> I was like, "Oh yeah, cool." Uh, what can I do for you? Thinking he might want ACD she as a support or. I don't know. Who knows? And he was like, yeah, I want to get the band back together. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he goes, you could, you could easily do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and it, unfortunately, the, it didn't happen with the remaining original members. members but yep. I did a good four years of, you know, bong, Bongo Star gigs with him doing yep. Skyhook stuff. And Brett filled in one night. Ah, there I you think go. he'd. I'm not sure if he'd approached Bob or they. I don't know how they met, but um, sure, he yeah. filled in no rehearsal, the poor thing, and and the drum parts aren't exactly straightforward. No, yeah. So we just kind of we kind of added each other on Facebook, and then things came up like mutual likes, like the Carpenters. Yes, and um, we've been chatting about how much we love the Carpenters since then, which was about five years ago, and right. and we've just recently gotten our Carpenters. Show up and running. Yes, which is how we ran into you last week at the week at the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were doing um, rehearsals for uh, the Carpenters' songbook. Yeah. Um, at the Yarraville Club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On Friday night. On the Friday night. Um, did Did you go through James Young to book the Yarraville Club? Well, kind of, but we we had done a show back in June at the Caravan Club. Okay. Caravan Music down in Bentley East. Mm-hmm. And Mark Burchett, who booked us for that. Mark. Put us on. Put, on, put us on Yarraville. Well, I think I told him that I wanted to play there. And he sure, said, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. We can make that happen. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, so how was the gig? It was great. Yeah, awesome. The first one, I was so nervous for the first one that I couldn't actually relax into it and enjoy it properly. Like, there were moments. Yes. Because there's nothing to hide behind when you sing that stuff. Right. And she was so perfect all the time. Yeah. Even in her dying days, she sang perfectly. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, and it's not a loud band. So, there's yeah, there's nothing to hide behind. But this mm-hmm. second gig at Yarraville went really well. Oh, that's good. We all kind of brought our volume down a bit and just really 
honed in on the music and uh, nice man. Yeah, it was really nice, and they're nice songs. Yeah, right. They're so nice. That's a cool thing, man. Yeah, it had four part harmonies going with the band, and yeah, um, and you had a sax it, player as well. Yeah, Jeremy Diffie plays sax, keys, flute, clarinet. Mm. Probably other stuff that I don't know the names of, <laughs> and does a bit of singing as well. So, and the setup was more of a like a dinner and a show kind of thing. Yeah, with like tables and yeah, they served a meal and everything, and then you were the main act after the yeah, meal that, or whatever. That's correct. Yeah, right. So it's on. different. It's totally like I've done that sort of stuff with Bjorn again. Not so much dinner and a show, but sit down theatre style kind of stuff. And it's yeah. yeah, it's it's great. It can be quite unnerving. Sure. Um, because when I thought about this, like I've always kind of just fallen into the other work. Yes. I've never kind of sorted out. And then I was like, no, I really want to put on my own stuff. And as soon as they said to me, the show's up on sale, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? <gasps> like people are going to be looking at me and judging. And I, this is, this is kind of a big deal. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of scary, but. But you pulled it I'm, off. I'm getting there. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, because we did the, the Yarraville Club as well um, last year for the Pearl Jam thing. Yeah, cool. But there was no tables. No. It's a big room too if you don't have tables. Oh, yeah. It's a big room to fill. It was huge. Yeah. So, it was a lot of fun but because um, we'd, we'd previously done it at the Cherry Bar and sold it out. And that's of course. 250 people Western, crammed in. Western Suburbs is just a, it's a funny one for live music. I yeah. guess because we're just kind of starved of it. Right. People just don't really go out in the West all that much for live music. Yeah, it's a little bit more, um, unless you're a more of a touring act or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the specialty nights don't um, don't pull the crowd as much. But um, having said that, the night after your um, Yarraville experience just this weekend, we did the Pearl Jam thing. Yes, at, at the, the corner. At the corner. I love that room. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd have been there um, only... A handful of times before. Okay. You know, I'd never really seen that many bands there. Yep. And I was only just recently there um, for a wrestle rock oh, where right. they have the live band and the wrestling in the middle of the room. And that was my wow. most fresh memory of the room. So I got a really like obscured kind of memory of it. I'm like, well, how big is the room? Because like the ring took up most yeah. of the room. I can't even imagine how that works because isn't there a big pole in the middle yeah, of the room? Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah, so, interesting. Um, it's kind, kind of, of wrestling. Is it Mexican wrestling? No, no, no. Like re- regular professional wrestling. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How and interesting. So they, um, they, it was a thing like about 10 years ago um, and now they've just brought it back. All right. Um, so, you know the band Electric Mary? Yeah. Yeah, so they were one of the, the main got like people that did it like 10 years ago. Cool. And now they're back doing it again. I um, had no idea. The promoter, yeah. So it's a really cool thing. So, so yeah. So I, I had seen Wrestle Rock there only maybe two months ago, and because there was a ring in the middle of the room, I was like, oh, how's this? What? I, I didn't even really look at the stage. I was watching the wrestling most of the night, um, and then I did stay for a little bit to watch the band. But even again, like when I showed up to the venue. I was blown away about how small the stage was. I th- was expecting this just enormous stage because it's the yeah, corner, man. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah, I guess it's not huge. It's, it's kind of a huge. funny shape too. Yeah, it's a kind of a funny shape, but it didn't matter. Once we'd gotten comfortable and we'd gone like, okay, then it was all good. Yeah. But the initial shock of like the the stage size and and the shape of it was like, oh, okay, this is this is the corner, and it really yeah, is you're it's yeah, like oh, a corner dude. of a fucking stage. Never thought of that. There you go. Yeah, I've done a couple of inter- interesting gigs there. 
Oh, you've performed at the corner as well? Yeah, a few times. I've, yeah, who, who where were you with? The first corner hotel gig I did there, and it just doesn't, it's just not right, it was a Spice Girls tribute called The Spicy Girls, which I still do occasionally. Really? Yep. Are you sporty spice? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Called it. I know. I'm even wearing tracksuit pants tonight. That's it. Because so, I mean, the, the, the man who owns Bjorn again started it because he just realised he had all these girls working for him. That What's old mate's name again? John Tyrrell. John Tyrrell. That's yeah. his name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. Um, so we started off as a Spice Girls kid. So we, we did that and it went off. Yeah. Yeah. It went off. We did a couple there actually. Right. Um. And then more recently, I did um, oh, a night of Kiss music ah. with some of the dudes from. Oh my god, my memory's so bad after having a baby. Kiss Destroyer or yeah, no. Um, Paul Drennan from a band in South Australia, Sarah McLeod. What's the name of the band? Oh, Super Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, some guys from that. And right. Dave Leslie. Oh, yeah, Dave. I've had him on the show. Yeah. Oh, cool. I love Dave. Yeah, he's yeah. cool, man. He's a dude. Yeah. yeah. From the Baby Animals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, see, that oh, was- Oh, so you put together a, a set of Kiss songs. We are for the anniversary of uh, Dynasty. Oh, right. One yeah. of those gigs. Yeah. Nice, yeah, man. Yeah, it was quite- It was good fun. Yeah. Ralph, Ralph Thomas and um, Matt Bradshaw. Yeah. Did the warm-up set with their- three-piece acoustic thing with right Ray, Ray Slett. And uh, yeah, it was great. great oh, there fun. you go. So, so they're three had... very random gigs. <laughs> Different experiences at the corner. Oh, and a Kate Bush night. As well. At the corner, yeah. Wow. Pretty random. So you're like the go-to tribute act lady songstress of Melbourne. I th- Yeah, some people have called me the tribute queen. Others have called me the tribute whore. I'm not quite <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm not quite sure which one I'm going to take. Tribute. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think people just know because I when I like an artist, I really get quite obsessed with yeah. them. So I learn their whole catalogue. So sure, yeah. No, that's cool, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And let's face it, I'm not gonna. It's not like I'm gonna do anything of my own. Right. Okay. You've never learnt. Uh, I mean, you never uh, written your own tunes. Yeah, I've as got. Well? I've been. I've done it a couple of times, but I just I freak out too much about showing people. Right. Yeah. I just overthink it. Yeah. I find it quite stressful. Yeah, I I love writing music. Um, I love also, writing melodies, but the lyrics it does my head in. Yeah, really. Yeah, it just I can't can't face showing people. Yeah, it's a delicate balance, man. You know, like you, you especially with, with what's coming out of my head. Yeah, it's, right. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what'll happen. Do you do a lot of writing? Well, I, I I've been in original bands my entire career, as well as doing the cover tribute thing. Yeah. And it's always been like, you know, you do the, the covers for the coin and the originals for the soul. Sure. And, um, you know, I was in a band for quite a few years, but it, it was the worst timing. Like, I just had started a family. Right. Had the twins mm. and um, and joined a touring band. Okay. It was the stupidest idea in the world. But I'd never been able to tour with an original band before. So I was just really excited That's a about great, it. Yeah, great opportunity. You know, so I was just like, oh, you know, I don't want to say no to this, you know. Because my band, bless their heart, you know, I all the, you know, money and, and time and energy and blood, sweat and tears I put into it, we have only did like one interstate show in 10 years. Okay. You know, uh, we always, we're just a Melbourne band. Yep. 
you know. Um, and so when I was given the opportunity to join these guys, I was like, oh, well, screw it. You know, I'll, I'll give it a bash. And we, we toured Australia like three times. What? Which band was so it? was a band called Smokestack Rhino. Okay. Um, and if you're not in the blues rock scene, you wouldn't know who they are. It doesn't matter. You know, but that's there's fine. There's a million bands out there. Well, exactly. There's a million bands. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so they gave me um, an opportunity and, um, you know, it just didn't work out at the end. But um, I, uh, I really just enjoyed... Um, performing yeah you know and playing with other musicians and all that kind of stuff and so when i left those guys i'm like i need a new project so that's i was like okay this year's going to be the pearl jam year so i kind of just put my all the mates in that basket and bloody love pearl jam really yeah yeah right versus was an album one of my yeah it's got to be in my top 20 yeah, yeah, There's a nice. huge soundtrack to my teenage years. I used to fall asleep listening to Eddie Vedder most nights. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, the Pearl Jam was uh, was definitely my, my teenage years. Yeah. Just in a nutshell. Yeah. You know, um, and I think it, was, it all kind of stemmed from um, when I was in year nine. Okay. Um, I was 15 years old and we were doing Fiddler on the Roof, the musical. Oh, Yeah. That, Great that, musical. That's so weird. I was just putting, I've just moved house. I was putting all my records away mm. and I, I've got my mum's Fiddler on the Roof soundtrack yeah, on vinyl there. So yeah. I just picked it up today. There you go. Continue. <laughs> Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. And so we're doing rehearsals and me and Kamal and Danny, these two Singaporean dudes um, that I went to school with, they were in year 12 at the, the time. The Kamal? No. Oh. no. <laughs> There's a lot of Kamals in Singapore. Sure. And, um, and, I brought in like these CDs of my older brothers that I'd never even really listened to. One was 10. I think there was Super Unknown in there. Um, I think Offspring, yep. um, you know, and cool. they grabbed 10 straight away, put it on the CD player in the music room and just started singing their hearts out. And I was like, oh, what is this music? Yeah, right. And ever since then, it was just Pearl Jam. See, I'd heard tracks off 10, but I versus really hit home. Yeah, right. For me. Yeah. And then I kind of went back and revisited yeah. Yeah. That's actually similar. Yeah, because this was 95 and 10 had already been out for ages. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the actual album, uh, yeah, 10 versus and Vitalogy all out. Yeah. At this point. Okay. And I, I'm 15. And so the, the new album that I was, now I'm a fan and I'd gotten through their back catalogue. Yes. Was No Code. Right. In 96. Yeah, okay. When I hit year 10. And it was the first one that I was looking forward to it coming out. Okay. Um, because the other ones I wasn't really a fan yet and they'd already come out. So, um, when that dropped, I love that album because it has that sentimentality to for me. Okay. Yep. But I don't think it would go over in the tribute circuit because critically it wasn't that well received. No. Um, I think diehard fans probably love it. Sure. But, um, yeah. There you go. Mm. Teenage years, Pearl Jam. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. Yep. Hey, um. So, well, this is interesting because this is usually the time in the podcast where I ask the guest, is there something of you singing Ooh. out there that I could lift off YouTube, download it illegally, yeah. and then play it on this free podcast <laughs> um, so people can hear your voice? Oh, I wish I had have come prepared because um, there's just not much on YouTube that I love hearing. Right, okay. Just a, a representation of yourself performing because obviously usually it's like an original act, but yeah. um, I have had artists on here before that haven't done originals and it, they've just like sent me a version of a cover that they've done that they're really proud of. Yeah, right. Um, so some, anything like that some, would be great. It's funny, I was just talking about with a friend tonight actually how much we hate hearing ourselves and seeing ourselves on video. 
there's one video in 20 years of me performing that I'm okay with. Really? Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's on Instagram though. I don't know if, is that rippable? Instagram? I've never ripped a video from Instagram before, no. It must be on YouTube as well, surely. I don't know. It's not mine, so I don't have control over it. Oh, someone else uploaded it. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I might be able to get that off, get the whole thing off them, though. Well, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk after the pod and we'll find something. Yeah, all right. So, we'll have definitely heard something of okay. Laura Davidson mm. before this show Yay. Um, has been aired. Hey, listen, also, now let's do a bit of plug action. What What have you got coming up, Laura? Fair bit of different stuff, as you might have figured out. I'm quite eclectic with my... My tastes. With your um, gigs that are, yeah, yeah, happening. I've got like, I'm doing a bit of acoustic stuff. I'm doing an acoustic thing this Friday night at, at Beer Keller in Richmond, mm-hmm. an Austrian restaurant, um, with one of my mates, Boomer, who's a, a great guitarist and has got a beautiful singing voice. Nice. The 14th of September, ACD, she have a show at Melton. Oh, nice. Is we- I wish I had more information on, <laughs> on this in my calendar. That's all right. ACDC in Melton. Yeah, on the 14th of September. Yeah, okay. Cool. Nice. So, if you so want to see Laura do her thing, grab your tickets for that. Yeah, I think it's probably free. It's a free gig? Probably. Oh, nice. Yeah, we, we were picked up by an agent, you know, in our 11th year of slogging it out. An agent finally came near us and he's been giving us quite a few gigs, which is nice. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. And um, what, am, what else have I got coming up that's interesting? The next Carpenters thing's not till November. Okay. On Cup Eve, uh, 4th of November at Spotted Mallard. I love that venue. It hasn't been announced yet, but I just did it. There you go. You just announced it. You hit yeah. it here first on Art of Touring. Better book the band. <laughs> <laughs> Spotted Mallard, Carpenter's Songbook. Yeah. In November. Yep. Fantastic. And if people want to follow your um, musical journey, do you have um, uh, like socials for all of these bands that you perform in? There's pretty much one for each. For each of them? Yeah. Yeah. So there's an Instagram and a likable Facebook page for ACDC, yeah, for yeah. the Carpenter's Songbook. Yeah. Um, and there's one There's one lovely fan slash friend. I call him my stalker, but he's really quite nice. Yeah. Uh, Dean, he started a, a page for me on Facebook of just all of my gigs and updates, and it's called Laura Davidson. Gigs and updates. Beautiful. So, so people can actually jump on that and look at the random stuff. And like like and follow you there as well. Yeah, there's not a great deal of updates. Yeah, right. The only thing in my life I post about is my dog. So Your dog? My dog. Yeah, right. What kind of dog do you have, Laura? He's a Hungarian Vishla. What's a Vishla? Well, it looks it's like a pointer, but from Hungary instead of German short hair pointer. Oh, okay. So yeah. he's like the colour of a russet red huh. kind of thing with a pink nose and long floppy ears. And so, if you scroll your Instagram, mostly it's just going to be your dog. dog. Yeah, right. Yeah, even my kid doesn't get in there. No, I don't post kids, man. I just figure he can do that when he's older. Yep. Good call. Yeah. I'm on the same vibe. Yeah. I mean, people, some people, and bless them, like I'm sure they're lovely, but because you communicate with them through performance and song and then there's social media, people that don't know you think they start to think they do know you and- Almost have a, a right to your personal mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm a little bit thoughtful about what I post. I keep it fairly light. That's really important, man. Yeah. I'm 100% with you, you know. Um, whenever I post stuff on um, social media, it, it's usually about gigs. Yeah, gigs. Sometimes there's anecdotes about what my child said to me, like he's mispronounced the word sparkling water for fark water. <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> That's good. But I don't. there's no pictures or anything. No, nah, yeah, it's right just, on, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're you you're well. We are a rare breed in 2019. Yeah, and look, no shame on anyone else that's doing that's look, fine. You it's know, just whatever you want to do. I, I never thought Jeff, of it. I never I thought know. of it. But I just even with my pregnancy, I was like, oh, I don't want to post about this. This has really got nothing to do with anyone that mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and if people want to see pictures of my kids, I'll get my phone out and I'll show them a million pictures of my kids. Yeah, totally. That's totally fine. But that's a personal interaction in that one yes. moment as opposed to putting a picture and then like, you know, hundreds of people yeah. literally seeing into my little world. And like sometimes I want to f- keep things just for us. You know? Yeah, totally. I, I never and expected to, yeah. to care so much about it, but it just didn't sit right with me. Yeah. And I'm sure people think that something must be wrong with him because I don't post pictures. No, nah, you're but not. But he's just, nah. he's beautiful, just so you all know. Yeah, no, it's not It's not weird at all, Laura. Yeah. You're, you're, um, you've got it, you've got it, uh, You've got it in the bag. Aww. Yeah. You, you understand what's going on. That oh, time. that's great. Well, look, man, far out. Go and see Laura Davidson in her multiple um, shows <laughs> that she's constantly- A different um, voice for each personality. That's it. And um, yeah, follow her on her channels and we'll see you at a gig soon, Laura. Yeah, you too. Yeah. I wanted, Like I said, I wanted to come on Saturday night, but I stayed up till 5am on oh. Friday night and I was really tired. No, it's all good, man. The, the 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 working musician life is not easy. If anyone had a gig on the on the Sunday, they could have. There's no way they could have dragged me there. Sure. <laughs> I yeah, I know. Saturday nights off is such a rare thing. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So yeah. I just stayed in bed. Yeah. No. More power to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm we'll so see. rock and roll. That's it. We'll see you next time, Laura. Thanks for having me. Ciao. Cheers. Bye. And that's a wrap, Sizzlers. Episode 72. All done. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please give the podcast a share on social media. Use the hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow as well on Instagram. Uh, the handle is at Art of Touring Podcast. Uh, if you are a first-time listener to the show, I'd love it if you came back each week. Um, I have a new guest each week, so uh, you're more than welcome to join the Art of Touring family and become a regular listener. Love to have you on board. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with me, I'm very approachable, man. You know, just email me, direct message me. Um, I will get back to you. The email is Art of Touring Podcast at gmail.com maybe you would like to come on the show if you're a muso uh, or a performer or a wrestler hit me up or send me a message um, on Instagram at Art of Turing Podcast you can listen to Art of Turing on Wooshka you can download it on iTunes Google Play Google Podcasts app Spotify wherever you get your podcasts it is available and um, on whatever platform you're listening to if you'd like to leave a short review and leave five stars that would be sick Now let's get into some plugs. On Saturday, October 26th, okay, a couple of months away, but October 26th, the Pass Outs will be performing at the Matthew Flinders Hotel alongside uh, Queensland Rockers, Red Star Born, and local legends, Torrential Thrill. You can grab your tickets on the door, come down for a night of raucous original rock and roll. You heard that right. The Pass Outs are going to be performing um, original music, so... I've got two months to write some new tunes, um, and you'll hear some classic old ones as well. But yeah, I'm going to write a couple new songs, and we'll, we'll we will reveal them on October 26th. Uh, that's all from me this week. Before I go, I have a few shout-outs as always. Shout-out to Chris Wall 
who designed the artwork for the show. Chris, come down to Melbourne already. I see you're doing all these comic cons over in Sydney and, and I think sunny uh, like Queensland, but you never come down to Melbourne. I can't blame you. The weather here is pretty terrible compared to both of those places. But still, man, you've got a lot of comic book nerds over here that would just drool over your comic book drawing genius, comic artistry. So please come. If you if you can't go to one of his um, live uh, um, appearances, then check him out on Instagram at Mr. Wall, spelt W A H L. Big thanks to my guest this week, Laura Davidson. Be sure to follow Laura's social media profiles for ACDC um, and all of her numerous projects that we talked about on this week's pod. That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of The Art of Turing with a And remember, this week's podcast was brought to you by The Suck Cut. It certainly does suck. <laughs>